We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, back here on WEI Late Night, 617-779-7937 is the phone number. I'm Mark Dundara with you for another hour up until midnight. Celtics up 2-0 on the Nets, and this series is over. Celtics will win this series. Nets might get a game. I don't know. They're going to win this series. Celtics will win this series. It's over. What will be interesting, and I, like I alluded to earlier, the NBA is now wide open, or at least this year. Okay, Chris Middleton dealing with an injury now. Milwaukee takes a step back. Devin Booker, lingering issue. Stuff going on in Phoenix. If they make the finals, we'll see. I'm not saying the Celtics are going to win the championship. I'm just saying the NBA is wide open. And the Celtics right now, your Boston Celtics, are currently the best and the hottest team in the NBA. Best and hottest. Okay? That's, we need to make sure you understand. They're not, the, they're not just the hottest team. They're the best team. Best and hottest. That's a lethal combination for a basketball team going through a playoff run when that's the situation. But it is. What needs to be highlighted, now don't come at me, because I didn't say, you know, I was a guy that supported Danny Ainge all along. I never got on Danny Ainge when the Celtics were, were struggling. I never said he should be fired. I never got mad that he, he had guys in Maine. I never, Danny Ainge to me was the guy responsible for the masterpiece that is now this roster. And I understand that Brad Stevens tweaked it a little bit and got this guy in and got that guy out. And it was a Danny, ultimately Danny Ainge did the hard part. He was the one that went into the draft, the NBA draft and hit two home runs to create the foundation that is the current Boston Celtics. That's what's going on. Okay, so what will be awkward is if this team ever were to win the championship, especially this year, what are you going to do about, I don't know, I mean, it'd be weird Danny Ainge isn't at the parade. You know what I'm saying? It'd be, it'd be just super awkward because that's the guy that is most responsible, most responsible for the title. Not Brad Stevens, not Ime Udoka, Danny Ainge. It's almost like the Ray Bork situation from 2001 in reverse. You know, Bork wanted to win here but had to go elsewhere to find the championship he was looking for. Ainge was, you know, he was essentially pushed out. And if the Celtics find a way to win, everybody's going to kind of look at him and and give him the acknowledgement and the credit he deserves. But he's out. Bork, you know, he left and we brought him back 
to have a rally after he won somewhere else. Ainge got pushed out, and now we're going to win with the team he created. Again, I don't know if they're going to win the championship, but they're the favorites to win it right now. I just think it's an interesting dynamic. What Danny Ainge was able to do here, all the people, not just the big names, not just the Jason Tatums and Jalen Browns, but even the little, like the smaller draft picks, those guys are paying off now. Marcus Smart obviously has been a hit, and that was even more uh, solidified when he won Defensive Player of the Year. He's going to have, I mean, you talk about those three lottery picks. James, Smart, Tatum, Brown. Or I think it went Brown, or check that, Smart, Brown, Tatum. You're going to have a Defensive Player of the Year. You're going to have a future MVP, possibly. You're going to have Jalen Brown, whatever he wants to be. I mean, you're going to have some damn resumes to look back on if you're Danny Ainge and with the type of people that he brought in. And now this team is achieving everything that they... Danny ain't specifically hoped they'd achieve, and he's in Utah. I mean, I just don't understand. I'm glad that, you know, it feels like people are realizing, if they didn't already, that Ainge was the reason that this team is where they are. But... You know, it's just, to me, it just feels weird that that's what's going on and that Danny Ainge is no longer here and this team. I guess I'm just saying it just feels weird Danny Ainge isn't here anymore. Texter, what if Kyrie is the type that gets better when he's pissed? I wouldn't want a fan to piss off Bird, Jordan, or Reggie Miller. That's fine. If Kyrie wants to get uh, pissed and then be better, I'm all for that. That's fair. Not what he's showing right now, though. But that's not what happened in game two. And just the fact that you let the – the part of this is the, the whole responding to the fans outwardly is a symptom of not having the control over your emotions that you need to have. That's just my take. I'm not saying – don't let fans piss you off. That's not what I said. I said don't outwardly respond and react to them. You can you can get motivated by the fans and be pissed. I'm for that. I hope Jason Tatum gets pissed off with a, uh, if a fan says something to him. I just don't want him reacting to it. And I don't want the fan to know that he got under Jason Tatum's skin. Therefore, everybody knows that the fan got under Jason Tatum's skin. Obviously, if somebody calls you a bitch, if it's a fan, it, it might get you annoyed. You know, it might get under your skin, might annoy you. Might piss you off. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Just don't show it. Or, if you're going to show a little bit of something, 
you, you don't, I mean, throwing up the bird multiple times, that's just a complete loss of composure to me. Like, you want to do a little something-something? Fine. Fan calls you a bitch, you give him a look after you hit a shot. A look. Just a look. You know, here's where there's a difference. If the fan's a celebrity, that's fine. Because a celebrity fan is on your level. If Joel Embiid is talking smack to Drake, that's fine. If Reggie Miller is choking out, you know, not actually choking out, but if he's given the choke symbol or whatever gesture to Spike Lee, fine. They're on the same level. It's a similar level. Don't let, you know, Tommy from Brockton get under your skin because he called you a bitch, Kyrie Irving. Gives a crap. That is not what you need to be doing. 617-779-7937. That's not a life you're trying to lead. It's a waste of energy. It creates a bag. You know, it's similar to the, when we were all worried about and talking about Jason Tatum and uh, arguing with every call. It just creates energy and a dynamic that is not conducive to winning. And I know Kyrie played great. I'm not saying don't get pissed. I'm saying don't outwardly react to a fanatic. That is not going to help you whatsoever. Is the Celtics' success more about what Brad Stevens and Ime Udoka have done or Danny Ainge? I think it's more about Danny Ainge. That's the, I've asked that question a couple times tonight. I think it's more about Danny Ainge with Udoka and Stevens doing really good things. They have a lot of, you know, a big hand in this. But ultimately, the NBA is a talent league, and Danny Ainge is the one that identified and drafted the premier talent. And I didn't even mention Rob Williams. Rob Williams, not a top pick, but that guy has turned into one of the key figures on this team. Um, And that, once again, was Danny Ainge at pick 27 in the first round. Now, Ainge had a big blind spot in the middle of the first round. Some of those uh, Romeo Langford type guys, players like that, didn't pan out. Rob Williams panned out. Pick number 27. 27. I mean, that guy's going to be an all-star. could be the defensive player of the year one day. And that was Danny Ainge. And obviously the fruits now are are ripe and they're coming to a point where, you know, it's impossible to ignore. Rob Williams picked 27. And after him, I mean, nothing great. Even before him, not much there. 
Not many people I want to have on the Celtics over him. Some of the guys high up. I mean, what happened to Mo Bamba? He was drafted six. Marvin Bagley, whatever. Williams is one of the. He's going to go down as one of the most, not the best picks for Danny Ainge, but one of the most important ones. And especially when you consider where in the draft he got him. Wasn't a lottery guy, but this guy is going to be one of the major forces for the Celtics and a reason if they were to win the championship this year uh, that they were able to do that if it happens because of Rob Williams and what he offers his team. That's why I give a little bit more credit to Danny Ainge than I do Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens has a lot to do with it. Okay, he's the one that hired Ime Udoka, who I, I think has a lot to do with it. But it was it was ultimately Ainge. I mean, if you want to say Stevens hired Udoka, well, Ainge hired Stevens. He thought outside the box, identified that guy. Ainge's fingerprints are all over this team, and if they ever were to win this year, it is crazy that that guy's not going to be at the parade. He works for the Jazz who are right now getting blitzed by the Luka Doncic-less Mavericks. So Ainge has done it in the draft, and now the Celtics are reaping the benefits. Okay, Uh, speaking of the draft, NFL draft a week away. Patriots getting set. Bill Belichick reportedly been in the building, working as hard as he ever has. I have some thoughts on what they should do, where they should go. And on Bill Belichick in general. We'll do that when we get back. This is WEI Late Night. The Greg Hill Show. Weekdays, 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEI. Attention business owners. During Ram Truck Month at 495 Ram and Lowell, save big by custom ordering your new Ram truck or work van, the one you need. Visit 495ram.com. That's 495ram.com. Trending now on WEI and WEI.com. The Red Sox lost to the Blue Jays 3-2 as Toronto takes 2 of 3. Tanner Houck takes the loss, allowing two earned runs on three hits and five innings of work. Red Sox go on the road to Tampa tomorrow, 7-10 first pitch in game one of the three-game series. Tune in to the Visit Massachusetts pregame show Friday at 6-10 with Mutt, sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Make Massachusetts yours. Start your adventure at visitma.com. Alex Cora tested positive for COVID-19 shortly before today's game. Cora will not travel with the team to Florida. Cora is fully vaccinated and boosted and has mild symptoms. The NFL schedule for this season will be released Thursday, May 12th. The Bruins lost big tonight in Pittsburgh, falling 4-0 to the Penguins. And Chris Middleton is out three to four weeks after spraining his MCL last night. The winner of the Milwaukee-Chicago series will face the winner of the Celtics and the Nets. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. 
Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, back here on WEI Late Night. I'm Mark Dundero with you until midnight. Uh, NFL draft coming up, and Bill Belichick needs a Danny Ainge-type hit. Okay, He needs Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Obviously, he's not drafting at the top. But what Ainge was able to do with the Celtics... Um, Bill Belichick is starving for something like that, and so are the Patriots. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Boy, do the Patriots need a playmaker at wide receiver. And, you know, I want to, uh, you know, I want to offer some thoughts on what I think they're going to do. I want to offer some thoughts on what I think they should do. But first, let's take Chris in Weymouth, who wants to weigh in on the Celtics. Chris, good evening. Hi, I was just uh, calling. I uh, heard you think about uh, Danny Age going to the uh, parade if they win. I'm not sure about that um, because he's an active member of the Utah Jazz right now. I I don't know. I just think Brad Stevens is more of a part of this team. Okay, thanks for the call, Chris. Yeah, I know he's a member of the Jazz. I get that. I just think that uh, I'm just saying it's awkward that he basically built this team and he wouldn't be there. I know he wouldn't be there, and I know he's a part of the Jazz. I said that. And again, I don't want to make it sound like I'm not giving Brad Stevens the credit he deserves. Brad Stevens has been very big in this whole thing. I think Brad Stevens has found a way um, to convert on some of the things that he wasn't able to do as a head coach. I think he's found a way to convert on those things as a president. Namely, finding guys and making guys um, respond the right way to the coaching, whether that's surrounding them with the right guys, teammates in the locker room, or picking the correct head coach. Whatever he did, it's working. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm not giving him the credit he deserves. He deserves credit. But Danny Ainge is the guy that drafted the superstars and they were not some LeBron James, Anthony Davis, bona fide, number one, no doubt about it type guys. I mean, a lot of people had Lonzo Ball going before Jason Tatum. The Sixers could have had Tatum. Embiid and Tatum. Could that have been possible? When was Embiid drafted? We'll look that up because, I mean, that's a scary proposition. Yeah, he 2014. was drafted. 2014. Jeez. I forgot he's been in the league that long. It could have been Tatum and Embiid. That would have been way better than Harden and Embiid. So, Bill Belichick needs one of those. That's what Bill Belichick needs. So, what do I think Bill Belichick's going to do? 
I'll tell you what I think he's going to do. I think he's going to do something he did last year and something that he needs to do. He needs to draft for need. He needs to draft a position that's obvious that he needs. Wide receiver, linebacker. He needs to draft a position of need. This team is not going to get to where they want to go. I don't believe by just taking the best available guy, even if that guy is a hit. Even if that guy is a hit. Now, what I would do, if I'm Bill Belichick, I would draft the best available guy. And I know that sort of goes against what I've been saying, but that's what I would do. If I'm Bill Belichick, that's what I would do. Um, and it comes down to this. I don't think the Patriots are going to win another Super Bowl with Bill Belichick. I don't. So with that being said, if we're building for the future, I would rather draft a player that I have confidence that I'm going to hit on than just try to take a position of need that I might not be as comfortable drafting and missing there. Even if the guy that you you take, the guy with the higher talent level, isn't at a position of need, I think that will benefit the Patriots long-term for after Bill Belichick is gone. And then maybe the next coach, the next regime, can find a way to draft those positions that Bill was never able to draft wide receiver. I'm talking about receiver. I don't think the Patriots and Bill Belichick are going to acquire enough receiving talent because you either have to pay big money for it or you have to draft it, and he seems unwilling to pay for it, and he seems unable to draft it. So as a result, I don't think it's going to happen for the Patriots. So with that being said, I'd rather them draft at a position where they feel like they located or identified the best available and they know what they're doing in terms of scouting that specific position and they have the most confidence in actually executing the pick at that position. Draft that guy because you'll probably have a better chance of hitting him and then later when the other guy eventually comes in, maybe those guys that you drafted Belichick will have blossomed into really good players, Pro Bowl-type players, and then the other guy that comes in can handle drafting or acquiring the guys. Maybe he's willing to pay for a Debo Samuel or trade for the top-notch wide receiver to get him on the roster and, and pair him with, hopefully, Mac Jones. Let's talk to Adam in Boston who wants to weigh in on the Celtics in the North End. Adam. How are we doing tonight, hey, What's guys? up? Nothing much. So, yeah, like I said, you know, we were talking about, you know, that Danny Ainge, you know, should be involved, you know, and at the end of the day, yeah, he's the one who put this team together, but he's also the guy who stepped down. Sure. You know, and another thing I want to talk about is, you know, we mentioned everybody, you know, including Rob Williams, but how about Peyton Pritchard the other night and how he was drafted at number 28 out of Oregon, but even all the, you know, scouts said he was a true winner. Same as Marcus Smart, a true winner, a guy you want on the team. You know, that's what, you know, Danny Ainge put together, you know, since 14. 
with Marcus Smart, when everybody was saying trade Marcus Smart, he's not a good player, you know, he's you know, this and that when he had his downs. But at the end of the day, he's a guy that you always want on the team. 100%. Thanks for the call, Adam. Um, and just to clarify, I didn't say Danny Ainge should be involved in any type of parade if the Celtics were to win. I said that it's going to be awkward that he's not going to be. If I said should, I I guess I didn't mean it that way. I meant it's going to be weird if they were to win that Danny Ainge wouldn't be associated with the championship in an official capacity because he's with the Jazz based on the team that has been built. I mean, everything was so Danny Ainge. It will be weird if he is not a part of it if they go on to win. Pritchard was awesome last night. I said earlier, for large, I mean, I can't decide whether or not Peyton Pritchard reminds me more of Allen Iverson or Chris Paul. I mean, you think back to the Brad Wanamaker days, and it's just like, I know I know Brad Stevens used to trust Brad Wanamaker. But, I mean, this guy, it's not even close. The plays he can make, the shots he can make. I mean, he can make shots off the dribble. He shoots threes, lights out. And now we're in playoff series against two of the best players in the league, and he's going toe-to-toe. I mean, he's scoring eight points in the fourth quarter. That's Peyton Pritchard now. Somebody you can rely on for scoring in the fourth quarter of playoff games. Hello. I mean... As good as Pritchard has been, the Patriots, they need more of a uh they need more of a Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum type hit. Ideally at the key position, you know, at the position they're trying to reach, the the position they desperately need. But I think Bill is going to draft in that way at the position of need. Which isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, I would just prefer, like, my perfect scenario would be you go out and find a way to get or trade for Debo Samuel, and then you draft inside linebacker because I know you know how to draft that position. I know I have confidence in you drafting that position. I have no confidence in you being able to, to draft a wide receiver, especially at 21. I think that's what he's going to do, though. And that's what he did last year with Mac Jones. And I don't think, I mean, it's not the worst thing. I just wish he'd be a little bit more deliberate. And especially at some of those positions where he's had issues, get a guy that you know is going to work. Debo Samuel does everything. Jimmy Garoppolo, Bill's boy, raves about this guy, Samuel. I know they spent a lot of money on wide receivers, third in the league. I get it. But I don't think you're going to win the Super Bowl or even come close with what you have. If you want to change the game, you have to go out and get a player like that. If you don't, you're just going to be content doing what you're doing, going to work every day around the people you like. I get it. But not really competing for a Super Bowl because you don't have the number one weapon in every team that was in the final eight last year. Had a number one wide receiver. 
Let's talk to Mike in Dorchester on the Sox. Mike, what's going on? Hi, uh, how's it going? Um, I just wanted to chat really quick about the uh, Red Sox, like recent rut and form, uh, especially with their hitting. Um, I, I don't like to like point people in particular, but a lot of people seem to be like hyping about Bobby Dahlbeck and like, you know, how he's going to be like the next big thing with his like, you know, uh, young age and like, you know, recent homers. But I, I really just don't see it. Like he's like a very low average guy. You know, he's like more of a Chris Davis, in my opinion. He likes to strike out or hit bombs. Um, I don't really see the hype about him. I'm hoping the Sox maybe trade him away come the summer, uh, the trade deadline. I'm hoping maybe you can voice your opinion. Hey, thanks, thanks for the call, Mike. Um, I totally 100% agree. <laughs> Bobby Dahlbeck. Well, first of all, here is the big red flag flag with Bobby Dahlbeck. Okay. How old was he when he made the major leagues? 26. Way too old. If he was that good, he would have been up long before 27. He's going to be 27 in June. You know, you're going to get some home runs off of him or out of him. But ultimately, that guy, he's not anything special. And I agree with I agree with Mike. I just don't think... You know, there, there's not much there with him. He's okay. He's fine. Hit the ball hard today at the end of the game. Didn't get any, you know, it didn't work out, but he hit it hard. But when you factor in his age, if there's a way you can sell him, if you can sell high, I would get rid, I would move on from him and try to, what I would do is try to find out if you can get some pitching prospects in return. But that guy made the major leagues really late for somebody that was going to be somebody. And I think that guy is what he is. 20 home runs plus, but a lot of strikeouts, a lot of inconsistencies, and I'd be willing to move off it. Let's go to Phil in New Bedford. Phil, good evening. What's going on? Hey, good evening. I was telling you guy, the screener. My guy. Um, I was thinking a little farther down the road. Um, so what if Philadelphia makes it through the next level against Milwaukee and then they play the winner of the Miami-Atlanta series, right? Philadelphia. Yeah. And Doc has to come back up here to go after the Celtics, being that he was the one that brought the last championship. Um. So what What are the seedings right now? So if the Bucks win, they would play the Celtics. If the... Yes. Okay. Look, I would. I, that'd be great theater. I would love to see Doc come back. I would love to see that matchup as well. I do think the Celtics. Um, I know it's sort of the Celtics dominated the Sixers. Then the Sixers sort of wrestled it back away from the Celtics, and then um, here we are. I think the Celtics would have the edge in that scenario. I'd love to see it Eastern Conference Finals or whatever it would be. Um, it'd be sure. great. I just think that the Celtics right now, like I just said a few minutes ago, I think yeah. they're not just the hottest team, they're the best team. And that's a pretty big combination. And I don't trust James Harden in the playoffs overall. Sure, sure, because he's wishy-washy. You never, just never know what he's going to do. And we got to Danny Ainge. I think he should be acknowledged but not be part of the parade. Okay, thanks for the call, Phil. I agree. He shouldn't be part of the parade. He's not on the team. He's not employed by the team anymore. If he retired... That would be different. But, yeah, he stepped down. I mean, we'll step down, whatever. I don't know if that was a forced thing or whatever. But he stepped down. Now he's with somebody else. I'm just saying it's awkward. 
because whether or not he stepped down, he's with someone else, he's doing something, the guy still put together this roster. So, yeah, I agree. Acknowledge him. He can't be a part of it. He's with another team. But you got to acknowledge it in some way. Because it was too, it, I mean, it's just, it's so striking. All the years, all the draft picks. We don't even know if Aaron Neesmith is anything yet. I still feel like there's room for that guy to emerge into something. Not going to be a star. I mean, but if you have uh, an essential core, that is all Danny Ainge guys outside of Derek White. I know Brad brought back Al Horford. But, I mean, that was Ainge brought in Horford initially. They knew it. he Stevens knew Horford because of Ainge. I, I mean, you're going to have Horford. You're going to have Grant Williams. You're going to have Tatum. You're going to have Brown. You're going to have Smart. You're going to have Pritchard. I mean, that's the team. Tice. Tice came back. But Ainge was, I mean, that's, you know, Tice came in initially because of Ainge. That's the whole team. I'm just saying you have to have them be a part of it. That's all. Uh, last chance for random ask emails. Mark Dottondero at odyssey.com. A-U-D-A-C-Y.com. We've got some emails. Um, some random ones, a couple random one random one I don't even know anything about. I'm gonna have to look it up. Um But the Patriots, look, Bill Belichick, this is a point that I have made. But but my problem is, and I don't want people to think I'm not, I'm hating on Bill Belichick or something like that, because I will fight you. And maybe this is a developing opinion, because I, too, was one of the people that said, hey, the GOAT head coach, let's see what you do with Brady being gone. How am I supposed to call you the GOAT if your resume without Tom Brady is meh at best? Well, I think that was mistaken or misguided. Okay? I don't think we should be thinking that way. I think Bill Belichick is the GOAT regardless. What he did with Tom Brady makes him the GOAT, the greatest of all time. You can't change that. Okay? You cannot change that. And that is going to be his legacy. That's going to be what makes Bill Belichick the greatest coach in the history of the National Football League. What he did with Tom Brady. Not what happened because of Tom Brady. What he did with Tom Brady. All the different ways that he managed the roster, that he kept guys and teams focused over the years. One game at a time. Super Bowl prep. Super Bowl game plans. Managing free agency. Tweaking the roster with the greatest quarterback of all time on it. But there's a lot of guys that would have had Tom Brady on their roster for 20 years and wouldn't have won six Super Bowls. Bill Belichick was able to do that. That is why he's the GOAT. I'm just saying the things that made him the GOAT in large part aren't applicable now. 
So some of those draft picks that he made back then when Brady was in place, if he makes those same picks now, they're not going to be as meaningful. They're not going to be as impactful. That's why he needs to find a way to acquire the talent that is necessary to get the Patriots to the spot where Bill Belichick can then apply the skills that he has, his best traits, which made him the GOAT, and apply them again effectively. Because the team, the way it is now, he they don't have that option. That option doesn't exist. Those things aren't available to Bill Belichick like obviously they were when Brady was here. They are not available. That's the difference. That's what I'm asking. And that's why I want Belichick to make some of these adjustments and find a way. Maybe you've never done that, paid a wide receiver that type of money. Maybe you've never stretched yourself or you know next to the cap this way. Maybe you've never had to find a way to maneuver different parts of your roster. I don't know. But what I do know is that you're not going to win a Super Bowl without a number one receiver. I don't believe that. So I know that you have to go find one. And you have to prioritize that in a way that you didn't when Tom Brady was here. It's a different league with a different quarterback. You have to make that adjustment. So some of the things that made you the GOAT, you don't have at your disposal right now. you got to do some other things. So that's why I think the criticism of Bill Belichick is fair. All right, when we get back, we can touch on the Red Sox real quick. Um... And we'll do some random ask emails. This is WEI Late Night. I'm Mark Dundero. All right, back here on WEI Late Night. I'm Mark Dundero. Red Sox with a disappointing, disappointing series. You take game one from the Blue Jays, two to one, a team you're not supposed to beat two to one. So you kind of steal one there with great pitching. And then you find a way to lose the next two. You could have taken two of three. You could have won the series. You lose the next two. And now you get in a little bit of a hole. You're two back. And the Blue Jays have some momentum. And now the Red Sox take off. They're heading to Tampa. They don't come back to Fenway for, what is it, eight days, nine days, something like that. They don't get any days off either. It's a tough stretch. And they're behind the eight ball, one game below 500. Let's talk to Henry and Hingham. Henry, good morning. Good morning. Good evening. What's going on? Oh, hi. I was uh, just calling. I was at the game uh, last night with the uh, Jerry Remy um, ceremony, and I, um, I I thought Don Orsillo was going to uh, speak, and then I heard on Twitter that the Red Sox ousted him, and I thought that was kind of a foolish thing to do since he knows him best. I just wanted to see what your opinion was on that. Well, thanks for the call. Um, yeah, that was a that was an unfortunate situation. You know, listen. I uh thanks man. I just I'm a big Don Orsillo fan. I love Don Orsillo. Um you know if the Red Sox intentionally snubbed him, shame on them. I don't know exactly what happened. Um I I also know that Don Orsillo was gone or has been gone since what, 2015? I think 2015 was his last year. So, to be honest with you, I'm a little tired of this Don Orsillo thing with the Red Sox. Like, I don't really care. I love Don Orsillo. I thought it was stupid when they, you know, I I didn't necessarily agree with, um, 
I don't really remember how it all went down. I, I was sad that he left. I liked him being on the broadcast. But it was it was seven years ago, and he's a he's a play by play guy. You know, you know, I I don't like the Red Sox if they were petty about it. I don't like that obviously. But he's a play by play guy, and he was here seven years ago. Great run, funny. I loved him, but he's a play by play guy. He's been gone a long time. I don't know why we're still getting all this worked up over Don Orsillo and the Red Sox. I don't get it. Even though I will say this. I think in terms of play-by-play guys or color guys, we talk about in football, they pay all these football analysts, uh, these color guys, all this money, ridiculous money, when I'm going to watch the Monday night game if it's good regardless. Baseball, it's different. I think baseball, you need entertaining play-by-play guys because the game can be long, can be boring. The more entertaining the dynamic between the play-by-play and the color guy is, I think I'd be I think people would actually be more apt to tune in just to hear the announcers talk if it's an entertaining dynamic, way more so than football. Monkeys or penguins could do football, and if it's a good game, I'll watch. Baseball, if it's a fun dynamic, then that's different. Let's talk to Giuseppe and Randolph. Giuseppe, how's it going? Yeah, hi, good evening. Doing a good job tonight. I guess I'm going to kind of try to defend Coach Belichamp, and I got three points that I'll run by you quickly. Yeah, we got to go quick. I think that, okay, I think Tom Brady can only take a championship team to the playoffs. Mac attack was just a missed field goal away from beating Brady and the Bucks last season. And if you're successful in driving Coach Belichick, out of town, who are you going to get to replace them? All right, thanks for the call, Giuseppe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there are other candidates out there that I'd be interested in. I'm not trying to drive him out of town. I'm just saying it's fair to criticize some of his decisions. That's all. I'm not driving him out of town. I still want him lead. I, I mean, I'm still giving him another year with Mac Jones, the guy he drafted. I'm just saying some things it's fair to criticize. By the way, this new, uh, I think next Tuesday, the last Brady, whatever it's called, what's this thing called, Brady uh, Man in the Arena, it's fascinating. He basically, based on what I read, admits that he's been a bad father. That's what I read. He admits that football consumes him too much and that selfishly he has shunned his kids in favor of football. That's what he admits to me. That's really uh, being open. Now, I haven't seen the episode, obviously. I'm just reading one of the articles that one of the Tampa Bay writers saw it and wrote about. That would be really, I mean, that's an admission if that's what you're doing. Part of Brady's point was that, you know, he looks at his dad, all the sacrifices his dad made for him, and he doesn't feel like he's doing that for his kids by being selfish and being uh, you know, continuing to play quarterback, which you kind of understand. Tom Brady Sr. wasn't the best quarterback to ever play and didn't live the life Tom Brady Jr. lives. So you kind of understand that. But to hear Brady basically admit that he's been a bad father or hasn't been the level of father that his father was is sort of uh, a big admission for Brady. All right, random ask emails real quick. Paul in New Hampshire. Why would somebody mess with Mike Tyson on a plane? I have no idea. Somebody got punched or something by Mike Tyson. 
Tyson, I guess, asked him to kind of quiet down or something. He wouldn't. So Tyson hit him or went after him. Why would you mess with Mike Tyson? Especially on a plane where there's nowhere to go. Makes no sense to me. Um, Rocco in Foxborough. What's going on with Johnny Depp and his ex-wife? I have no is that jo- is that his ex-wife? Amber Heard. That was the thing I was telling you about during that break. Probably. Yeah, so apparently it's gotten real ugly. Look, I'm not gonna comment on their marriage. It's gotten ugly. I don't know. Are they still married? She allegedly took a dump on the bed and sent it. He was there was an argument, he was smashing cabinets. She felt she recorded it. There's video. She felt threatened, but he's like, why if you were threatened, why did you record it? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I haven't followed that. We could talk about that. Somebody create a podcast. You can talk about that kind of thing. All right, Nathan, thanks for the help, man. I appreciate it. Um, We'll see you Sunday with KJ. This is WEI Late Night. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.